So on Tuesdays I have a learning session with my brothers, and he was I was telling him about the the shurim that are up on Hamish and the books that we're learning and whatever etc. And uh, he mentioned that he watches this uh, podcast of Coach Menachem. Uh, I don't know if you heard of him. It's some some someone who does a podcast, and uh, he was interviewing. He interviews different people who talk about what they're working on, and the person who he interviewed was. Uh, Rabbi Yossi Zakatinsky, actually. I don't know if you saw that. Last piece. Sunday night. It was last Sunday <laughs> yeah. night. So you watched it. Oh, okay. So, uh, so he just shared with me the intro, which is the story that, uh, that like, led, like, led up um, what, he spo- what he spoke about. And I just felt, figured I'd just say it over. I'm sure you know it, but it was, it was just very cool. So, the one of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's, I'm not the most knowledgeable of the various ones, but the, his name was uh, Rashab or Sholem Bear. So, um, he was known as a very, very deep thinker. And he, when he would be thinking, he would be in a completely different world, and he could find himself, you know, completely lost in his thoughts. So, there was one point in time when he was walking in the neighborhood, somewhere in Lubavitch, I guess, and he ended up... Uh, getting into the non-Jewish neighborhood, and he shows up, you know, in the wrong place. And uh, there's a guard there, and he saw this person who didn't belong, and he said, who are you, and what are you doing here? And he didn't even react, he didn't even hear, and he shook him, and he said, who are you, and what are you doing here? And uh, he still didn't react, and finally he, like, really, like, pulled him to get his attention. Who are you, and what are you doing here? And he said... He said, I can't believe what you just told me. He says, I'd pay you money to tell me this every single day of my life. Uh, ask the, shake me and, and ask me those questions. Who are you and what are you doing here? And that's like uh, the core question of our uh, life, really. Um, so anyway, I thought it was a good intro. I thought it was a good intro. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, the Coach Menachem, um, they, it's an amazing program. He has these people on Zoom, amazing rabbis, just across the a very wide spectrum of offerings. Uh, he does it Sunday night. It's at Sunday night at 10 o'clock at night. So it can go till, it's at 10 o'clock Eastern. So, and it goes for two hours. So it means that at 12 o'clock, there's still 500 people on the Zoom, wow. learning, talking. Wow. And um, it's, a, it's a really, it's just a, it's an interesting format. It's very, very interesting if you ever wanted to, uh, you know, we talk about like this, like, you know, you can get lost in a YouTube rabbit hole, but that's not a bad channel to get lost in, to get like served up the next one and the next one, the next one. It's like, it's not a bad place to be if you're in the, uh, in the Coach Menachem uh, world. Um, I still remember, I still remember the joy that it brought me when I was on Drudge Report. And the ad that it served up to me was like, wrestlebooks.com. And I was like... Thank you, Hashem, right? <laughs> like, that's how Google's tracking me, right? They're trying to sell me more Bressler books. Okay, good. <laughs> there are worse things, there are worse ads to see in the world, right? Yeah, you're doing good. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they also made me buy shoes because they showed me those a hundred times, that ad. But uh, you already looked at it. Yeah, exactly. I, just, I was just window shopping, right? Don't worry, they were, thank you, Hashem. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so um, we, there was a couple, thank you, Isaac. Amazing. So there's a couple more discussions that we had um, a little bit over the week. Last week we really got started, um, and it was it was it was you know like well, like we said last week it was uh, 
it's a heavy idea to think about what the king did and to consider um, the king in the story and uh, the motives of the king in the story. It's a heavy idea, right? Um, but we talked about it. We, were, we worked it over, I don't know, I was thinking about it a lot uh, over the week. Um, and I had a chance to touch on something. BZ, what's the, what's the look? What's the look? I, I'm just listening. I was, I, I don't know, BZ came over, when was that, on Shabbos? Shabbos. On Shabbos? BZ came over on Shabbos and BZ said... That if you go through what the conversation between the daughter and the king, or us and Hashem, reading what it said, she was doing everything she was supposed to. She was being a good daughter, she was doing all the mitzvahs, everything that she was supposed to be doing perfectly. Her one little thing is that she didn't show or have the full appreciation for that specific day for the, the, the king. And, and it just struck me that, because I've had this conversation with Mordecai and a bunch of other people, is that we could be doing so much and putting in all this effort davening three times a day, making sure that we're learning Torah, being good people, doing mitzvahs, and, and charitable things. We could be doing all these things and working on ourselves on a daily basis. But that one little thing of not having that appreciation, and you see the result, to me was a little surprising and shocking that, I guess in my eyes, something... Uh, which is not, apparently it's not small, but just this one little thing had such a, a huge reaction. And when you add that back in, when you add the, on, the, on the flip side, right, when you consider, when you add that back in, which see, gratitude and appreciation and appreciation for the fact that we are in a situation where we could have a relationship with Hashem, when you add that back in, and you think about how much that, just that little silly, almost seemingly, like you, like you said, small detail, how much that can catapult everything else, how big of an effect it has on the positive side, right? You see what the ramifications are possibly on the negative side, but now, uh, uh, right, you see what they are on the negative side, but, but, um, but what they can do when you add it back in on the positive side. Um, so... My early days when you were teaching out at at Humboldt, yeah, like that, after you, we had Rabbi Cohen come out, and uh, one of the first things he was we talked about offline, and he said, "What's the number one thing to know about Judaism?" I was like, "I guess all the base part." He's like, "No, the reason I shouldn't create the world." It's okay. He's like, "Like, tell this to your daughter as soon as she can comprehend it." The reason he created the world was to bestow pleasure. And, if you, and that was a good like foundation to build everything else on. Because like saying, like, why do he give us mitzvot? What does he get out of it? All these things, he's trying to give us pleasure, and we're not appreciating, we're not getting the pleasure. That's why the king, Hashem, says, no, 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 you're not, you're not allowing me to really give you what I want if you're just going through the motions robotically. I think that's sort of one of the things he's touching on. Yeah, story. for sure, for sure. Literally what we learned today. Well, that was what we were talking about today, right? Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
that's, you know, understanding that, that the pleasure is built into the system and it's okay. Not, not only is it okay, the gifter, the giver wants you to enjoy. That's what his desire is. And it, it's like, uh, you know, when you, when you think about it, he says in, I was reading in the introduction to, there's a book back there called Beyond Darka. And he says in the introduction, he says that when a person convinces themselves that they're serving Hashem only because, with only the intention because Hashem commanded me to do this action and denies themselves the pleasure that Hashem put into that, then the, it opens a doorway and a pathway for the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination to get in. Right. Because you're so thirsty for pleasure, he says, the same way that someone who runs in from the desert, right, who hasn't, dr- hasn't had anything to drink, the same way that he picks up any cup of water, it doesn't matter, it could be a water with a cigarette butt in it, right? right. It doesn't matter, it's water, right? You can, but the, you could be served up anything, you're just, just give me water. And when you deny your soul the pleasure that is inherently baked into the the one who's giving you the mitzvah gave it to you and it says access this, this pleasure, then when you deny it the pleasure, the Sahara has an opportunity to serve you that dirty water. Yeah, but To and, serve you anything. The other way also, if you only look at the pleasure side of it uh-huh. and say that it's all for pleasure, then the Sahara can come in again also and say that, one second, watching Netflix is more pleasurable. But is it if you're actually accessing real the real pleasure of mitz of, of a mitzvah, like the real real? I'm talking high level. If you're actually accessing that, there is nothing. There is no pleasure in the world that would speak to your neshama on the same level, on such a high level. It's a high level. It's a high level. It's a high level. A hundred percent. It's a system here. It's a meaning. It's. it's I think most people are not thinking about binging Netflix during the Elon. Right. Yeah, I think I think what you're talking about instead of the word pleasure, I think it's more like joy. Okay. You know, uh, because you don't have to be a gaon to be able to feel joy. You know, but when you're talking about pleasure, maybe this kavano, so people have to be thinking about something in particular to gain. You know, but when you when you're just simply just doing it because you're making you're giving Hashem nachat, and you think about that, it gives you joy to be able to do such a thing. You know, as simple as you might be. Yeah. You know, and that joy can take that mitzvah and take, take you like a, like a rocket, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah well, I remember we were learning, when you believe it was in Sota, that people who are doing mitzvahs and they're just doing it because, like, okay, I need to do it and I'm just following along because this is what I'm supposed to do. The point is that eventually, after you keep doing it enough, you'll start realizing and appreciating it more. And it's better to do, to do it without any joy or appreciation or reward than, you know, and eventually, hopefully get there, then it's supposed to be like, forget it, it doesn't speak to me, I'm not going to do it, and just check out and not do that mitzvah. So, even though, you know, you don't have the pleasure of doing the mitzvah or appreciating what, you know, the... What well, God's going to be giving to you, like the reward for it. Correct. You should still keep going at it. You got, there's a, there's such a there is such a there's such a concept out there, right? Uh, uh, you know, you, that's really the idea. And he says also in the introduction to that to that safer, he says the the feeling of requ- I'm required to do this, so I do it 
is a feeling that gets you gets you through the times or until the point where you feel it, right? That that feeling of all gets or you the through in those between. or the in between time, right? I'm saying on the on the downswing or as you're developing your appreciation, your joy, as you're developing that, right? It gets you through that. But if the sum total of your avoda is that, then that's the situation that he was describing with the Yetzirah as an opening to get in, right? Because then there's no joy. If there's no joy in it, then you're starving for it. You're starving for it because it's something deep in your soul that wants to connect, that wants to connect to that joy, right? You shouldn't think the joy is a physical, that's why you're right. The word pleasure, sometimes we automatically think of it as like a physical thing. Joy is deeper. Joy is deeper than that, right? Joy is something about your soul that you're experiencing. Sort of stops like usually you're, like the first time you're doing things, it's usually the most exciting. Yeah. You know, and like every night I anticipate based off the night, you know, the first night you're so excited. I feel like the eighth day, you're like, hang on. <laughs> 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 right. But once anyone, he's like done. And I feel like it's usually the beginning that when it comes to routines, when you lose the um, excitement. Right, right. I mean, that's the idea. You know, when you talk about, when you talk about building appreciation, um, that's every single morning. Every single morning we say exactly what we need to say when we put on our tefillin. We say exactly the line that we need to say to build appreciation. And that line, I mean, obviously there's a lot of lines that we say. But the line that we say when we're putting on the tefillin and wrapping it around our finger like a ring, mm-hmm. right, is that I should be betrothed to you. What does it mean? I should be engaged to you. When you say I should be married to you, right, I should be engaged to you because the engagement is the closest period when you have the relationship of a husband and a wife, but they're the closest to the moment before they were engaged, when they were half a soul, when they were incomplete. And so it's tying us constantly back to that period of engagement in appreciating a marriage. If you can always be engaged, meaning always be, it's actually a play on words, right? Right? I didn't even realize, right? But if you could always be if you could always be in the engagement period, and it's, he says it so beautifully, he says that's the closest thing to when you were lacking. And when you can connect yourself to the lack, then you can really appreciate the have, which is, we always say it on the negative side, right? Like, you don't thank Hashem for your toes because they wiggle, and that, right? But you break a toe, and, and all of a sudden you thank Hashem. We say it on that side. But think about on the positive, in the positive way, is if you can do something to connect yourself to that lack, then you don't ever need to be, you know, get a little uh, knock in the back of the head, right? A wake-up call. You don't need the wake-up call because you're constantly connected to that feeling. That's the idea. That I should be constantly engaged to you is meaning I should always be connected to you in the period of time that represents the closest to the lack. Right? I don't want to say to Hashem, I'm going to take a step back, and then I'll re-engage. Right? But I want to be in the, in the connection, in the erastichli, in the, in the closest time to when I lacked. Because I want to appreciate what I have. And if I connect myself to that moment of lack, I can appreciate it. Right? Um, that's you know, just in terms, of, uh, in terms of appreciation and how to combat this challenge that the princess is having from Ezeyom, from Stam, Stam a day that we said, at the episode talk that we said like, uh, we said last week, I, every time I say it, I think I'm going to say it wrong, so I don't say it, so I <laughs> figured out other ways to say it, right? But just another day from, to, 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 
protect from just another day syndrome. Rabbi Nachman is really, and really the book is giving us a tool. Just connect yourself back to the moment before you had that thing, to when there was a lack. And if you connect yourself back to that feeling, now you can reignite that appreciation. Right? That's, you know, that's, I think that's really, um, that's really what we were talking about last week. And then, you know, Bizi also mentioned the, the question of, the question of the harshness of this and, um, and, and the seeming harshness of this. And so we talked about it last week where it seems like the king t- saying, may the no good one get you is, um, is pretty extreme, right? It's like going to the end. So um, one approach is, one approach we talked about, we touched on last week was the idea that, you know, in, in the big picture, first of all, we're only seeing one, we're only seeing the very beginning of the story. As this develops, I think we get a more, a deeper understanding of what the king's true intentions were and why that's built into the system. But to understand it in our lives, as this is the story of our lives, right, why would we get to a point where Hashem says, out, separate, Right? Why would we get to that point? And, um, and it's possible that it's a buildup. That Hashem tries with little pieces of separation. And we're just not in tune. We're just not listening to the message. Right? He says, come, let's hang out. And we say, yeah, I'd rather this. Right? And Hashem says, you're here already standing in front of me. And you're mumbling the words. And you didn't think about it. Right? He says, what's, you know, what's, why, are you, why are you taking this relationship for granted? And there's like a... There's like um, a, maybe a, a, a build-up to where he says, okay, we have to shake you up, right? We have to shake you up with this feeling. And the truth is... He, who he, are you? What are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing? We've got to shake you, right? <laughs> and the truth is that, that he, he brings it in a footnote in one line is, is something that we have to, we have to understand. That this, is, this is, you know, basic, basic... Rabbi Nachman, but it's not exclusive to Rabbi Nachman. On page 71, he just brings a one-line footnote. He just, it's a one-line in the book. On page 71 in the second chapter, he says, Rabbi Nachman teaches, to think about this, all apparent acts of distancing are only for the purpose of bringing us close. In, in Rabbi Nachman's, in, in 71, in Rabbi Nachman's outlook on Hashem and on Judaism and on the Torah, there, there is no such thing where Hashem is pushing us away with the intention of sending us like a bowling ball, you know, with uh, goodbye. inertia, goodbye, as far as you can get, right? With the power of the push. There is no such thing. All, all apparent acts of distancing are only for the purpose of bringing us close. But if you look at the footnote, he's quoting from the Kutumaran, from Rabbi Nachman's uh, Sefer, from the book of Rabbi Nachman, from Torah 48. Lesson 48. And I just want to, I think just seeing a couple more lines, I think just, I, for me, this op- it opened up this idea. I'm not, I'm going to jump a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But just to see a couple more lines. Rabbi Nachman starts this teaching and he says, we have to know this. Kisha Adam nichnas bavodas Hashem. When a person enters into the service of Hashem. Azai haderech. The path is shemarin lo hisrachakos that it appears or it is shown to him a distancing. It's like, I got all the way exact here. Opposite. It's, it's the exact opposite of what you'd expect. You'd expect you come to, you come to enter. I'm finally coming to shul or whatever. I'm taking my step. 
Right? It's like, get out of here. And I stubbed my toe. Right? I said, today's the day I'm going to Mincha on time. And I get in my car, and I don't have my keys. I have to walk back inside. And now I can't find my keys. Right? It's like, oh, it's, it's this Hisrachakos. He says, coming straight from Hashem. He says, I'm skipping. Vida. A person has to know. It means you really have to understand this. That immediately when a person desires to enter into the service of Hashem, as I take if, sorry, sorry, yeah, as I take if, he, Avera Gedola Kishiesh Loatzvos. What happens? What happens? What's natural that happens? That you take the first step and then you're met with resistance? What's natural? You're not strong enough yet. You didn't build up any muscle memory. You didn't build up anything, right? What's natural? Say, okay. Well, Hashem's sending me a message, right? Sometimes Hashem talks clearly, right? And that's it. I'm out, right? I'm out. I'm out. I tried. I did my part, God, right? I tried. He says, that's not how it works. At the end of that paragraph, you have to understand that even the greatest, most righteous people, the greatest tzaddikim, we see them as the most righteous people in our history, but you have to understand that at the moment that they were entering in, doing this action called entering into Avodah Hashem, they also passed through this test. Look at how many tests did he have? Look at the test. We we say it. We say it. I I just when I think when you were talking on Shabbos, I you, you you for sure you said it straight out. But I think what what do you say? He's like no. Was it? Because the rush on Shabbos. Yeah. Oh, wasn't that? Never mind. Never mind. The we say it like we say it like water. The ten tests of Avodah, right? We're not even like in awe anymore. Meaning we're so accustomed to just bundle them together. And Abraham passed these 10 great tests. And we talk in a very intellectual level about the, you know, Abraham and the, this, why was this a test and how great this test was and the binding of Isaac. Akedas Yitzchak is like this great test to his emunah, to his faith in God. Like we talk very, it's almost, for me, it's almost like, it's, a, it's like lip service to the fact that it was a test. Are we, like, just stop for a second. The 10 tests of Avram Avinu, right? And these are life-changing tests. The 10 tests of Avram Avinu. And this is Avraham in the, in, the, in the days and the years and the moments before he's doing this thing called entering into the Avodah Hashem, entering into the service of Hashem. He's faced with these things, right? The greatest of the great. It's, that does, Hashem doesn't make it easy. Hashem doesn't make it easy. We talked, Carlos mentioned, and he mentioned it, Two or three times, which is it's the most important thing to remember, is that the, the ratzon, the desire, builds, builds and builds and builds. And why does it build? Because you're being pulled back, right? You keep getting pushed back. But remember, there's something pulling you. There's something pulling you there. One more paragraph. Listen to this. I heard from a great tzaddik, says Rabbi Nachman. I heard mitzaddik amiti sha'amar from a great true tzaddik. A righteous person that said, that if one person would say, whoever would be, and this is, I think, this is, you talk about what does Rabbi Nachman bring to the table? He just expressed a very serious problem with the system, right? And if you end there, what do you say? So, what, why do I want to be involved? Why am I doing this? This is so crazy. If I'm going to take right. one step forward and take two steps back, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? What does Rabbi Nachman always serve you with? He always serves you with the solution. He always serves you with the chizuk that you need. 
He always has the answer to this is a true, this is something that's true and it's a challenge, but here's your power. Here's where you get your power. He says, I heard from a great tzaddik that if someone would have told him, if one person would have told him, when he began to serve Hashem, when he began to enter into the service of Hashem, if a person would have told him, Achi, my brother, be strong, gird yourself, be, gather your strength, he says, at that point, I would have run full strength, full force ahead. But he said the tzaddik, said this righteous person, a very sad thing. And think about how many Jews there are like this. Said the tzaddik, this righteous person, He said he had never heard a person giving him this strength. Meaning he had never understood this lesson. He never heard about it. He never heard this. Al-Kain says Rabbi Nachman. Just think about that. Think about what a kind word to another person could do, right? To tell them, you keep going, keep fighting, right? That's what Hashem wants you to do is to fight, fight back, fight to get in, right? This tzaddik was saying about his life, this is a tzaddik, he's a righteous person, right? I mean, someone who had, had done it, he, 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 had, he had overcome, he had overcome, he, you know, thank God, he was okay. But he said, I went through life and I never heard anyone give me the strength. No one ever said this encouraging word that says you can do it. Right? Al Kane says, Hashem, someone who wants to enter into the service of Hashem, Yizkar Zos has to remember this very, very well, and says Rabbi Nachman, I'll tell you those words. If you never heard this in your life, tell you now. says Rabbi Nachman, I'm gonna tell you right now. The Chazak Make yourself very, very strong. Do what you're able to in the service of Hashem. And through the many days and years of going through this path, you will get in. You'll get in. You'll get through the gates. Because Hashem is full of mercy. And He desires your service. And you have to know. Here's the chizuk. Here's the chizuk. Listen to this line. That all the pain that you go through, every moment of turmoil and pain and being held back from your goal, listen to what happens to them. They're not for naught, says Rabbi Nachman. They all are gathered, connected, and bound together, and they come to your salvation, to your, they come to save you at the time that you need them. When you have a really bad time, you know what's propping you up, right? When you get pushed back, think about, imagine in your mind, when you get pushed back so hard, because you're about to break through another barrier and you, get, you feel like you're being pushed back so hard, says Rabbi Nachman, there's a package on your back that is so thick and built up and bundled together of all the hard times that you went through that you fall backwards slightly, but it keeps you upright. It's mamsh there on your back, right? You're carrying it with you. Vida, and you have to know, Shaha'adam tzarech lavor al gesher tzar mod. 
that a person needs to pass, pass on a very narrow bridge. It's a song also, right? Not a song also. A song came from the words. But what I'm saying is, is that you're familiar with the words. A person has to pass through life on a very narrow bridge. It's not easy, right? Tightrope walker. Va'klal va'ikar. And the main thing, shalo is pached klal, that you shouldn't be afraid at all. And the last, okay, we'll save the last one for another time. Uh, the last paragraph. That's the, the last we That's the, I don't have to talk too much. That's, that's the one little footnote over here in one little line. All apparent acts of distancing are only for the purpose of bringing us close. It's like, it's like this, is how, this, is how Hashem, this is how Hashem does it in the world. Right? This is how Hashem does it. It's not an easy path. It's a system. It's not an easy path. It's not an easy path. And this is the king says to her. When we don't have this relationship in the correct way, then I need to wake you up and I need to give you a push. Right? When you're missing something, I need to give you a push. And, um, well, I have a question. Now. Yeah. So, what, uh, could you elaborate a little bit when he says that the times, the hard times that you, that you had will come to your salvation? I wish I could elaborate. I could explain. I could. I could expound I mean, his words. What do you think it means? I'll tell you. I have. A, I, have a, I have a lot to think about on this. Whatever <laughs> that I've thought about on this, even though I wasn't expecting this topic to be the what we're going to talk about. But um, there's an idea about nisyonos in general. The word nisayon, which means test, has another meaning. It's the same word for a flag. A flag is something that you hold up. It's a banner, okay? That's also what a Nisayan is. It's a banner. And a banner is, is totally different. And why is it the same word? A banner is something that you have a sense of pride, a source of pride, that I'm part of a very valuable thing. And that's my, you know, that's what I'm holding up. My flag is, a, okay, um, that's, the, that's, what, that's what it is. And it's the same thing because... The test that you go through and the difficulties that you go through is something that you could always look back to and say, I don't, I did it. I done did that. Okay, whatever. I don't know what the expression is. I, I really did. It, it's doable. I can do it. And that to me is what really propels you forward. It can, it, you know, there was the difficult, if it was... If you had smooth sailing your whole life, you're just not going to be prepared for life. That's just the reality. But the difficulties and the trials and the tribulations and the tripping and the falling, all those things, the harder they were, the stronger they, they the stronger of a, of a uh, the more it gives you strength to, to say, this is not, I know it's not easy, I'm going through a really hard time, but I have that flag that I know I could do it. I did, I did that. I've been there. That gives you strength. It, what, it's what holds you up. It's what you can look up towards and keep you going. And that's, to me, the, the simplest message. I, I don't know if I shared this once. Uh, I, uh, many years ago, before uh, in, I was in yeshiva and there was a fellow, a good friend of mine who was suffering with uh, a lot of self-doubt. Talented guy, smart guy in yeshiva, but he just like, he never really committed fully to like, to like whatever. He was always, always, his biggest problem was his doubt of himself. Like, 
I can't do it. It's like hard for me, whatever it was. And he was like full of, his life was full of ups and downs. Anyway, so it was like two weeks before Purim. And, you know, his mind was like, it was study session was pretty, whatever. It was like weak, you know. So you know what you do it when, when, when he's like, okay, let's make an extra limud. We're going to make a siyam on the Mesechus Megillah, which is all about Purim. We're going to do it. And we're going to do it at a real quick pace. You know, get up early, whatever it was. And, and I said, we can do it. And sure enough, we, you know, we pushed it and, you know, made it happen. And we were able to make a siyam on Purim on the Masechta. It was like, uh, it was really fast. We did it. And I was drunk a little bit that Purim. And I said, <laughs> and I said to him, I said, you have proof that you could do it. There's proof. When you put your, when you put your mind to it, you could do it, you could do it. And he told me afterwards that, he says, I don't know if you were drunk or not, I don't know how drunk I was, but he said that made a big difference because it's true. When you have difficulties and you see something that you're actually able to have done something and you accomplish something, those accomplishments are really what carry you to the next accomplishment. And if you didn't have that first accomplishment to work with that was challenging or hard, then where's it gonna, where, what, what's going to give you the strength to to when the tests really are, or the next test. So, sure. that's, that's, uh, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, isn't he, you know how I see it, I see it like, uh, you know, when we, when we, uh, you know, God forbid when we fall and we do, a, and we make a sin, you know, the, the Chassamim tell us that we create an evil, we can we create an evil angel that prosecutes us, that sin causes, creates an evil angel, and that evil angel goes up, to the heavenly throne and prosecutes us and it says tattletales look what he did but same thing the opposite when a person does a mitzvah he creates a positive angel that stands up for us and, 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 and fights for us so uh, anytime that we overcome some kind of challenge it's a mitzvah you know we get tzachar pesiyot when we go out to take that extra step or that extra reward when it's a little bit harder to get to shul we get extra, extra, extra reward right? You know, every step that we take, we create an angel. And so every push that we make, we create an angel. So all that, we think that it's just a worthless effort. But in reality, we created a whole army behind us, you know, that is will, helping to push us, push us along, you know. Even though there's resistance, there's a, it's, like, it's like, a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a hidden motor that you don't even know about. That you've got, you know, you can, can push... Push you. Nitro, 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 yeah. Nitro button. Nitro. yeah. <laughs> Video games. Come on, racing games. Those are the best, right? <laughs> that's your nitro button. Yeah. You have yeah. it. You have it stored up. Yeah. You have it. You have it stored. You have to know yeah. you have a nitro button. That's, yeah. that's the trick. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we always forget. Right. It's good to internalize what Hashem tells us. He wants us to say to ourselves every day that He that He's saying to us when we first get out, wake up in the morning, which is basically, "Hey, I have a moon in you." So every test I'm going to give you, I know you pass. I mean, he's basically telling us exactly. You could do it. You could do it, right? Yeah. He's saying, he's saying. That's the only reason I'm making you wake up today. I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to give you a test that you can't pass. Yeah. So, which is like, which is a crazy, crazy, like, like when you think about it, right? I mean, we say Hashem, Hashem does not give someone a test that they do not have the ability to pass. Think of the confidence. If you really internalize, think of the confidence it gives you to face anything and any challenge. You say, listen, if I'm, I'm just, just calms you down. You say, I got, I got it. I got it. Do I, do I know the answer yet? I don't know. I might not know, might not know the answer yet. I might not know the solution. 
I can get, I can get through this. Yeah. He's right? got the Almighty saying, you got this. You, you totally got this. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay, so we get to the next part. Um, we get to the next part that's sort of the end of the chapter, which we've touched on. But, um, but again, I think, we, I think we, can bring out, we can bring out a little bit more. Um, what's our reaction to that feeling? So now we talked about it from Hashem's side. Right? We talked about it from Hashem's side, and we said it's built into the system in order to build up the appreciation, in order to um, awaken the appreciation. Sometimes Hashem creates a feeling of separation. Um, in the story, it's represented by the king telling her, may the no good one take you. That might be the last straw, you know, the, the, the last ditch effort to wake her up because she's gotten so numb to this. She's hanging out with the king and not feeling anything. Um, she's just another day. So this last ditch effort, he creates a separation, right? Now she has a choice. And we see, we see, we know what choice she makes is, uh, like Rabbi Nachman says in the story, that she went to her room. At night, she went to her room. And then in the morning, they didn't know where she was. Meaning she was taken. She's not in her room, right? They didn't know where she was. They went to her room to check. She's not there. So this is in the, this is, this is the princess, right? So what, what is Rabbi Nachman teaching us about this is obviously a representation of the wrong way to react, where she went to her room? And what is he teaching us about the correct way? What does he teach us? And what do the tzaddikim teach us about the correct way to respond to this feeling? I mean, what does Hashem want? Isn't there an, a built-in question here? If Hashem tells me he doesn't want to be close to me right now, like, who am I to argue? Hey, who am I going to fight against that? I know we just said that when you try to do... You try to do, you know, kedusha, and you try to come into the service of Hashem. That you're going to feel, you might, you're going to feel uh, pushing away. You're going to feel that feeling, experience that. But in the end of the day, I mean, her dad said, "Get out." <laughs> so get out. No, I mean, we have, we do have. This is, and he, he says in the, he says it in the book. He says it in, in, in one line, really. We have a, the, the Gemara set, yeah. But she goes to her room, but we don't, we don't see what happens to her after she, had she disappeared. Ah, yeah. Right? And what happens? Meaning, right? meaning like she was, she, she already, the, the, what, the curse that the, the, the king gave her came true, okay? But the fact that she went to her room, okay, that was a distancing, and she uh, complied with that distancing, but we don't, we don't understand from the story, as far maybe I don't understand, whether or not it was her will to go all the way to the end, or something came to her and took her away. Right? We don't understand very good, that, right? Very good, very good. Yeah. It's not really it's not really spoken about, right? Meaning the next part of the story does not address where she went. But it was obvious that he went to check in her room where she went. Like Carlos is saying, Listen, you said get out of here, so I went to my room. You know, you need some time to chill out, so I went to my room. Right. Can I ask a question about yeah. is that a result of the separation? Or what do you mean? Yeah. As far as her being separated one is is the result of her actually being taken and not uh, uh, going uh, to the king yeah. instead. Uh, uh, uh. Was the fact that it's implied in the in the, it's implied in the story and in the parish, in the in the book, in the book itself. It's implied that it was actually it's a it's the it's a cause and effect what's happening here. By her making the decision to go to her room, yeah, she's leaving the... Do- he says it beautifully. He says it better than I can say it, so I'm just going to read it. One second. Yeah. This, is, this, this separation is a therapy that she needs. 
Yeah. Okay. And Hashem is the administrator of this therapy. Yeah. If she decides not to go to her room, she didn't get the therapy. Okay. Okay. So the answer, uh, the, the, the reaction of staying there and not listening to the king to go to her room wouldn't have done anything. He would have put her in her room, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, because this therapy needs to be had. Okay. Right? That's so, why I agree. It might not be the wrong. It's not the wrong action. thing. Okay. Her going to her room is not wrong. Okay, but no, I'm saying it's not, it might be right. It might be wrong. He, the king knew. Or the king knows what's going to happen. Okay, that, they need right. a break from right. each other. Right. They. She needs to feel separation. Right. So, but really, the king. By the way, if we're getting technical, which remember to stay above technical details in Rabbi Nachman's stories, because then you're going to start asking, wait, which year is this? Did this happen? This part of the story, right? It's like it was a thousand years later, and it's the same guy we're talking about, right? But if you, if you want to, technically speaking, the king does not say to her, go to your room. He doesn't say that. Be very careful, right? The king does say, may the no good one take you, which we're interpreting as... That the king is saying, we need, you need separation in order to experience the closeness again. Her decision is, this is, this is straight technical details, her decision is, her reaction to that is, I'm going to my room. And does that, rea- is there a problem with that reaction itself? Meaning, what did the king want her to do, or asked in a different way? What are we meant to do when we experience this same message from Hashem? Are we meant to go to our room to withdraw? I think but it would. Why is it? It's not really withdrawing. It's we all need to take. If you're in a heated uh, argument, mm-hmm. with whoever it is, sometimes you need to take a step back and okay, shh, you definitely. There was no heated you, argument, but there's no. That's argument. not true. The, the father went off on her. There's no argument. Oh, okay, it's not an argument. Okay, yeah. the father went off on her. He did. So she needs to take a step back because right now it could it can escalate into an argument. So her going to her room is to regroup, sleep on it, and then maybe the next morning have a conversation about what occurred. Okay, so I would say, I would say, and this I'm, I'll tell you why I'm saying this. I would say, yeah. If, 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 if she fights back... Mm-hmm to wanting to stay in the presence of the king, then she learned the message. She learned the lesson. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, but it depends on... The whole lesson was, you don't appreciate of, of our relationship. So, in essence, by her fighting and saying, no, I, I want to be with you, lesson learned. And what does that sound like? It sounds like chutzpah. Chutzpah. Chutzpah says, BZ, I told you take a break, and you're not taking a break. It sounds like chutzpah, but that's what is called in the book and in, in the writings of the tzaddikim, right? Azus de Kedusha, holy chutzpah. To have holy, you know what chutzpah is? Chutzpah? Right? To have holy chutzpah, what brazenness. Chutzpah, chutzpah is just a word now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, don't, I understand the story, and I mean, I didn't read the whole book yet. I'm only I can't believe it. Low life. <laughs> I, I understand that this is from the perception of how she took the words. Yes. Not necessarily with that was exactly what it says. That's how the princess took the words. Okay. And that's how we're following is her perception. Of her assessment, right? Assessment. Right. Her assessment of what's going on. She sees, oh, anger, uh, separation. And now she's faced with a choice. And right. And what is her decision? Well, in this story, she went to her room. 
And, and the story is telling us, meaning Rabbi Nachman, well, I say the story, right? Rabbi Nachman is teaching us that that move in and of itself caused her to get captured. Caused her to get captured. We'll see why in a second. Left the opening. It yeah. left the door open. Exciting, I yeah. So what? So you're right. You're right. So when you say chutzpah, I don't consider it chutzpah. I look at it as the way Avraham Avinu davened for Sodom to save Sodom. You know, Hashem were going to destroy Sodom. This is just a way for me to get in good terms. That I just, he's just t-fouring. That he's t-fouring. <laughs> <his speech. laughs> you know, uh, in, in, in a way, though, uh, it, it, it's also it's also like you don't really know which was the right way to act because uh, on the one hand, you could say. If Hashem, or if the king is upset, he doesn't want me, or wasn't want me here, maybe, who am I to say that I should over, or I, I should, uh, I, I should go against what he wants, or what I think that he wants. But, you know, the king is speaking to the princess in the language that she understands, and say, you know, basically, you know, may the no good one take you, which means get out of here in a way. Uh, who am I, you know, when... You know, if if, if 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 somebody of authority tells you to do that, you you comply, you comply. You you I mean you 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 separate. You 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 know you try you try to you think that that's what that's what the will of the king is in a way. Okay, now if you go say no, I'm not. I want to stay with you, and you repeat that. I want to stay with you. You're repeating, repeating, repeating. It's 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 hard to know. Whether or not to uh, to comply and you know back off is necessarily the wrong, or since you know intrinsically wrong, mm-hmm. meaning meaning as far as the sincerity of it is concerned, you know the the princess probably did not mean to rebel against the king by going to her room. She was probably thinking this is what he wants me to do. Okay, so does that does that make her guilty? It doesn't necessarily make her guilty because. From what she's understanding, she needs to go to her room, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I hear what you're saying, yeah. but I keep coming back. Mordechai's words uh, keep yelling in my ear. Mordechai, I was just thinking about it. I disagree with you because, yeah, that's right. What? <laughs> <laughs> when the king tells her, pretty much let the no good one take you, you're saying that to show that she really does want to uh, have that relationship and she does appreciate it, that she should fight back. But that could also be viewed as that, okay, I really don't want to, you know, she's going to say whatever it is just to avoid a situation. Yeah, no, 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 I really yeah, do appreciate it. I do really appreciate it. No, 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 but the way for her to really get the message is to have that time away. One second, but think go, about the ramifications the of what you're saying. But th- that therapy. Yeah, yeah, think yeah. away. Think about it. And, really, and, and the king's saying, you know what? No, you, you really? Yeah? Let's see if you really appreciate it. Let's see if it's going to have a change. For the next week, you can't see me. You can't talk to me. Nothing. Then, you have that time. Think, think you have that time, and then it's going to be like, you know what? I can't believe it. I, I really, really miss the king. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to fight and claw to get back 
to have that relationship as opposed to on the spot just being like, no, 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 I really do, I really do uh, want Why to have this relationship. Why did you fight for that same exact relationship? Because in the heat of the moment, on the spot. Because the king is calling you Wherever out. you're gonna get the week later. But the king's king calling separated. you out on something. So you saying, no, no, no I really do. Uh-huh. It's okay. somewhat of falling on deaf ears. No, because you're going, no, you're coming from a place of not, yeah, of, 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 of not just sincerity. There's a father and she's going. Okay. There's no, there's no sincerity from her. I'm saying if you can get to the place of sincerity that you get in a week, I've got there right now. Why not? Right, but that's not going to happen. Right, but it's not going to happen. No, right but now. that's what we're talking about. We're talking it's about not happening because if you're, getting, if you're getting called out on something, I agree with you. Not you. No, if you're getting called out on something, you're not going to have that full sincerity all of a sudden like if, that. If you internalize to, the message of what you're being called out about and you accept it, then you might have that. You're not lying to yourself. And, and, and think about the ramifications. I want, I, I'm sorry, but just I, think about the ramifications. You're caught red-handed. When a kid is caught red-handed, he's got the chocolate all over his face, right? There's really only one of two reactions that the kid could have. It's like, uh, did you eat the chocolate I told you not to eat? The kid's either going to be, me, no, or he's going to be, sorry. That's sorry he meant it. He really didn't mean it. Even though the chocolate's dripping from his mouth, Parents probably not, may or may not punish the kid for eating the chocolate. But if the kid says, I don't know what you're talking about, I didn't eat the chocolate, kid's going to his room. So there is a scenario where you could internalize the message of, of, of the king saying, may the no good one take you from, whoa, uh, okay, let's talk. Uh, let's, Let, let's talk doesn't necessarily mean that... I, I, I want to so, be here. Yeah, it means I want to be here. I don't want, want to be here. No good Easy, in the story, I, there's a possibility on an emotional level that I can hear what you're saying, but think about the real yeah. world ramifications. Do you think when Hashem, when, when Rabbi Nachman tells us that when entering into Kedusha there's going to be obstacles, do you think that what Hashem wants is to say, okay, let me wait a week, I'll try again next week. Yarmulke off, tzitzis off, davening off. Mitzvah's off, Shabbos off. I'm going to take a week off, and then we'll see what Hashem wants. Think about the re- meaning. On an emotional level, I could hear psychologically, maybe we need a break. I, I could hear all those scenarios. But we're, we're describing here, what Rabbi Nachman is telling us is this is how Hashem acts. Then it can't be that what Hashem wants the reaction to be is that we say, okay, it, you want separation, fine. It's very possible that if the princess, it's, it's still a a possibility that if the princess says, no, daddy, daddy, no, I, it's not an episode talk. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to stay. The king might still say, still, then you know. Uh, then you know? Then you know. Second time? I there don't is, know. There is when a way I, to get a clear there's message. Gonna right. a, there's right. going to be a time where you know it's time for the bad one to take her. But right. at, at what point does Moshe Rabbeinu, how many tefillahs does Moshe Rabbeinu exactly. say, okay. Okay. when Hashem says, you're not going into Israel? Stop. May the no good one take you. You're not going into Israel. How many tefillahs does Moshe Rabbeinu cry out until he hears clear message from Hashem? Okay, now. Now it's enough. When we get to that, when we get to that number of tefillahs, then I agree with you. Meaning, yes, when you get that clear message. But that's, that's I think that's the, that's the depth of what Rabbi Nachman is saying, is that, is that every single time, don't think that you got to that place. Keep in mind, the king never says to her to go to the room. Correct. 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 He doesn't say that. Correct. Hashem's not saying, I want separation. Hashem's saying, appreciate what we have. Speaking of Moshe Rabbeinu, yeah. he did argue on the behalf of the Jewish people 
and won. So think about that, the whole thing. Just like, did he really win a debate with Hashem? <laughs> or Where Hashem was like, okay, you changed my mind. <laughs> no, Hashem wanted him to test. It was like, fight for it. I want you to fight for it. That's what I want. I know the outcome of that, right? It's the same sort of thing. What's your stuff? Fight for it. Yeah. I have a whole different angle here. Yeah. I just want to share with you. I, I, I'll tell you what, again, it's like I'm pulling from thoughts that I've had and emotional things that I've thought about a long time ago. When a, when a child, let's imagine like a, a really young child that gets like a real proper scolding from the mother. And the mother's like fuming because the kid did something really nasty, whatever, and yelling at the kid. And the kid is devastated. If the kid is, knows that this is their mother, and the, and the bottom line is the mother is the source for all, all the security in their life. So, when, so what they're going to do is something that's counterintuitive. Instead of running away, they're going to run towards the mother and just not let go. You know, they, that's what's going to happen. That's... To me, it's not a matter of... Uh, the, the word audacity over here doesn't really describe what I think is the motion. The motion is, is that what is the daughter's real relationship with the father at this moment? And if it's... And, and, and the fact that she interpreted is like, I need to go to my room, instead of getting that message across her head and being so worked up and not having any other place to go that she feels safe and secure, but to God going away instead, that's the opening of, yeah, there's other paths that can happen. There's all kinds of things. You can really be taken. The point being is, is that it's, it's not a matter of, see, the word azus de is not the right word I would describe here. I would describe, it's, well... Can I live without you? Can I live yeah. without Can I be at all without you? Can I, can, when I get that scolding, I have nobody else to turn to. I have no other relationship. There's nobody else. It's just you. So what am I supposed to do but run even harder, double down and come back to you? That's to me what the emotion was supposed to be in this story. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't That's, deep. That's awesome. It's, it's, That's awesome. It's, it's like anyone who ever got hit as a kid from, from a father who actually loved them. Right. This was really hurts you? No, no, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but, yes. no. But it was never the potch that hurt. No. It was the fact that your father hit you that really hurt. And I, I could just, just from my own experience. So like, it's that idea. Of that's, anyway, that's the, that's, that's, beautiful. The emotion. that's beautiful, that's beautiful. I, I, I think that oh, there's a line in here. Nice. I, I, I want to read this. I want to read this. I think that there's a line in here about, about uh, you know, holy chutzpah. But I, I think it, it, it brings out two more points. There's a line in the Gemara that says, right, that anything that the owner of the house tells you to do, you have to do. Anything that the owner of the house tells you you, have to, you, you should do, you have to do it. Listen to the owner of the house. You're, you're a guest in the house. The Listen boss. to the owner of the house. He's the boss. Listen to him. Says the Gemara, chutz mitzei, except for, except for when the balabayas tells you to get out, which is a very weird line, right? Think about it on the just regular shot level. 
right? What's Pashup Shad, right? Anything the owner of the house tells you to do, you got to do. He says, move the chair there, you move the chair there. He says, you want to, can we move the table to the other room? Move the table to the other room. You sleep in this room, I'm sleeping in that room. You got to do it. Except if he tells you, get out. He tells you, get out. Mara is saying, don't listen, right? You got to do everything he says until, unless he tells you to leave, then don't listen. Very weird line in the Gemara. Wait for the yeah? What? So wait for the cops to show up. Right, exactly. 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 So, Rabbi Tzadok says in, 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 in uh, 46, in Torah 46, in, in Os 46, in Sitka Satzadik, he says something so beautiful that I think really explains this concept on a much deeper level, maybe a level that the words actually make sense. Says Rabbi Tzadok, the Pasuk says that Hashem says to the evil one, to the Rasha, right? What are you doing learning my Torah? Right? Which sounds like Hashem is saying to the person who has sinned, you're learning my Torah? I know you. I know what you did yesterday. I know what you did today. And you're going to sit down to my holy Torah and you're going to learn? Sounds like a very very harsh statement, right? I have a lot of harsh statements these weeks, right? Discussing a lot of harsh statements. Says Rabbi Tzadok, that's exactly what the Gemara is telling us, is that Hashem says to the Rasha, don't learn my Torah. And that is what the Talmud is telling us when it says anything the Balabaya says, what the owner of the house says, what the creator of the world says, you got to do it. Except when he tells you, don't learn my Torah. Because that itself is a test. Manish what we're talking about. And he brings it out from a, an episode in the, in the Torah that I never paid attention to until I read this from Tzadok. It's, it's, there's three psukim about it, maybe. A couple psukim about it. There's a couple verses about it in the Torah. And it's overshadowed because it's right next to crunched right next to a major 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 episode in the Torah says Rabbi Tzadok I'll read and translate we have in the Torah that the spies went into the land when they got to the border they came out of Egypt they got the Torah they went to Israel they got to the border they sent the spies and the spies came back negative report Right? And Hashem says, this is over. Right? I mean, you're gonna, it's going to take a long time to get into Eretz Yisrael. And there's a, like a couple verses right after that, where the Torah describes that there was a group of people that said, Alo naleh, we still want to go into Israel. And Moshe Rabbeinu told them, uh, not a good idea. It's not going to work out too well. And what did they do? They went. And they died. They went anyway and they died. This is literally a few short verses right after the episode with the spies. So like, it's like glossed over, right? Any Dvar Torah on that parsha is about the spies, right? Any speech or any video clip you see on that, on that part that, that week is about the spies. It's mamish glossed over, so, which seems like, I think this is what Rabbi Tzadik is, uh, you know, he says, he says it in, in, a, in an interesting way. He says, the Torah didn't write it for nothing. Right? It sounds like it sounds like it's like it's so overshadowed. It's like what lesson are you supposed to get out of it? Okay, so like Hashem, you just had the spies. Don't try to force your way into Israel. Wow, crazy lesson. He says, not it's not for nothing, right? Because that's exactly exactly right. Asher kvar he minu Moshe lo shamu lo 
Shamar lehem al-talu. Why didn't they listen? Ella says, what was the mistake of the ma'pilim? They didn't listen to the tzaddik. Yeah. What was, that? what was the mistake? What was the deep mistake? Sheim chashfu shezeb klal chutz mitzei. Their mistake was, this is the even way. though they preceded the Talmud, they knew this rule, 